I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, the author of 15 books, including Before the Alamo, and which is out, and everyone has to get it. It is, uh, it is wonderful. We did a whole show uh, previewing it, and uh, again, so much going on. Uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to that in the, in the future, but buy the book and buy all the books. 15 books by this lady, and I think nine of them are now available. Maybe 10? Is it 10 now available? But uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll steer you to the site at the end, and, and everyone, please get the book. But for now, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Frank. I hope you are, too. I am. Uh, how is how is Texas doing? Uh, it seems like it's uh, it's constantly in national news and a lot of controversy going on in in Texas. Uh, can you give us an update? Yes, absolutely. Texas is a hotbed of of continuing controversy and conflict. It seems that hits the national. Uh, uh, it gets so hot, in fact, that it hits uh, national news. Casts and newspapers like uh, Washington Post and New York Times. And uh, the first one I want to talk about happens to be uh, SB8, which is uh, Texas legislature's new shiny abortion law against uh, any abortion beyond six weeks when most women have no idea whether they are pregnant or not. And uh, uh, which is enforced by um, bounty hunters among the population. It's not enforced by the state. It's not enforced by the nation. It's enforced by people who will be awarded $10,000 in bounty uh, if they capture anybody who is either having an abortion or giving an abortion or aiding and abetting an abortion. Uh, and that $10,000 uh, is sweetened by awarding those uh, people uh, also the uh, the court costs on top of everything. So what happened in Texas, uh, a doctor in San Antonio, uh, whose name is Alan Braid, violated this insane law, this evil law that pits uh, citizens against each other and avoids uh, court proceedings uh, because there's no state enforcement involved. Um, he, he violated it by giving a patient. He had already had this patient before the law was passed, and three or four days after the law was passed, he gave this woman who needed, desperately needed an abortion, he did it for her in order to save her and help her. And uh, there were two litigants then, uh, one of them who is in prison right now. Uh, his name is Oscar Silly, S-I-L-L-E-Y, uh, who was a lawyer, uh, and he is imprisoned for tax fraud. And another one, uh, whose name is Felipe Gomez, uh, who is a Chicago lawyer with, with a suspended license. And both of them are suing in order to uh, block this law in Texas, because both of them are pro-choice. 
And and they recognize the fact that there's no other way to stop it. It has to be contested by uh, citizens, since it is citizens who, quote, enforce, unquote, the law by ratting on people uh, who are involved with abortion in order to grab $10,000 plus court uh, costs. Uh, So anyway, they are both very verbal about it, especially uh, Oscar Silly uh, has been making statements about the fact that women women have the right uh, if if they're to be considered human beings full human beings they have the right to determine what they're going to do with their own bodies uh and of course the texas legislature and uh the right wing in the in the country altogether uh hold women to be slightly less than human because uh, they're not allowed to make choices for themselves so uh, that's what Silly is is uh, saying. And uh, can you imagine? Uh, I, I, not to interrupt, but can you imagine? Sure, go right ahead. Young Florence, twenty-two years old, trying to help Millie, the uh, the the lady who was uh, afflicted with with a hunchback, who was carrying a, a you know the child of a Down syndrome uh, a man that that she had been involved with uh, romantically, briefly uh, involved romantically, and young Florence, 22 years old, would have had a bounty on her head, basically, for 10,000, well, mm-hmm. I mean, back then, different money, obviously, but nowadays, you that, that young girl, you know, young woman, 22 years old, who's trying to do, out of the goodness of her heart, driving... Four hours, I believe, in the, in the middle of the night and, and whatever, and, and just getting out there would have a $10,000 bounty on her head. Tell me that this is humane. Tell me that this is in any way moral. Right. And Millie was a nurse in a hospital, and the Down syndrome man was a janitor who had come to Millie for sympathy, and and he was one of the very few people who treated her as an equal uh, and as, as, as someone worthy of associating with, which uh, I think most people shied away from someone who was deformed. Uh, and, uh, and I think he was needy also, of course, need, needed love and attention, and the two of them, uh, got together. I don't know how briefly, but they got together because they were two very needy people. Uh, Millie was a, an extremely bright woman, um, and if she had not had a, a hunch on her back, she probably would have gone far. And after the uh, the episode of uh, coming to me, uh, we were boarding in the same place um, and. I was one one of maybe one or two of the other people in that place who would even speak to her. I was quite friendly with her. Anyway, so she came to me to uh, for help in her situation because there was a doctor. We were in Iowa City, about 200 miles away from uh, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. And the doctor who would perform this very very illegal operation was in St. Paul. So in those days, everything about abortion was 
get you in prison right away. Uh, but I knew that Millie was desperate, and so I drove her uh, those 200 miles uh, there and back again uh, that afternoon and, uh, and night um, to have her abortion, which was success- uh, successful. And uh, so she went on then with her job and with her life. Uh, so it was uh, it was a risk, but I was perfectly willing to take it. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I'm making the point that that young woman, that courageous young woman, that was you at that time, 22 years old, would be, would have a bounty on her head, right? For people to rat out uh, this, uh, this young girl, this young woman, 22 years old, for, uh, out of the goodness of her heart, trying to do the right thing in this world. That people would be given $10,000 to inform on that woman. I mean, it's it's yes. unbelievable, right? I mean, I, am I yeah. reading this mm-hmm. right? This That's is... right. Yeah, they they had all kinds of uh, <laughs> victims that they could have gotten money off of. The doctor, me, Millie, uh, and anyone else who happened to uh, to be involved at all. The nurses, probably, uh, in the clinic, etc. So we were all at risk, would be at risk, if SB-8 had been in effect in those days. But it was very much against the law anyway, uh, and we would have landed in jail. So fortunately, no one caught us, and uh, everything went fine. Amazing. Absolutely, you know, amazing. I mean, that was an amazing story, but what's going on now is just shocking, is just absolutely shocking. And Yes. You know, it's uh, you know. I asked someone here, who was a, a Democratic leader, and I said, "Does this help you? Does this help you? Uh, you know, minimize what uh, you know the onslaught that maybe the Republicans are going to have this year and next year?" And he says, "Maybe next year for the congressional, but everyone knows that Texas. This is his words, not mine. So, folks listening in Texas, don't don't cut my head off." Uh, he he said everyone knows that Texas is insane and Texas is crazy and that they're they're really on their own at this point it's Texas acting alone on this uh, they're you know the southern states um, you know I'm thinking about states like Alabama and Mississippi and some midwestern states that that are very right right wing um, they're not chiming in yet on this at this point Texas is an island am I correct. Uh, actually, there are other states uh, right now, um, state legislatures, who are writing the same law. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They're so, not an island. So that, that statement was false <clears throat> because other Republican legislatures are, I think it's a wonderful idea because the courts cannot stop it. And uh, on, only people who, who uh, challenge it by suing. Uh, so uh, poor Dr. Braid is being sued by two different parties, um, but both of them are doing so in order to get rid of that law. So <laughs> it sounds amazing. against lo- logic, but that's what's happening. Uh, and also, of course, this uh, this statement is totally wrong. I think Texas is, and I, in my opinion, there is some overarching source of money for the Republican Party that is funding their campaigns and uh, their efforts 
uh, to get uh, right-wing laws passed um, and who are influencing all the courts where uh, Trump uh, judges have been installed. And they're in, uh, influencing the state legislatures in all these Republican states uh, because they're all doing the same things. They're, uh, the voting suppression laws that they are passing are almost verbatim the same language for each law. So uh, some there's some source for all of this that is pushing them in the same direction to the right. Uh, and we need to find out who that is, I think, because uh, they are dictating this in order to take over the country. Because they, And also, of course, the, uh, they're all busy uh, gerrymandering their states. Uh, Texas uh, legislature is doing that right this instance to uh, exclude um, – more representatives in uh, Democratic representatives and increase the number of Republican representatives. And, of course, if they get away with that in all these states, then automatically the Senate and and the House at the national level will go back to the Republicans uh, next year. And if that happens, uh, we're probably locked into Republican administration because uh, that's how the representation will go, and uh, the uh, Electoral College is also determined by the gerrymandered states, so the, uh, the electors uh, will be re- uh, d- predominantly Republican, uh, and so we are on the brink of losing our democracy to whatever force this is that is engineering this so cleverly and effectively. Wow. Just I, you know, amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, do you the next issue that you're going to bring up? And again, there's a lot more to talk about uh, on this particular issue with uh, with abortion. There's so much to talk about. But you do have a follow up issue, and 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 I want to uh, you know see if uh, if you think they're connected. And it has to do with the border, and it has to do with a showdown going right right now, going down right now with Greg Abbott. Uh, Greg Abbott, your your governor, and um, and and Haitians. Is it fifteen thousand Haitians at the border trying to cross? Right, right. Yes, there's a little town called Del Rio, uh, Texas, and uh, fifteen thousand Haitians have gathered there. And these people have come obviously from Haiti, ultimately, but they have gone through uh, South America, Central America. And, of course, uh, Guatemala and so on, and Mexico on foot, and have all arrived now, and are sitting, literally sitting, under the bridge, uh, the international bridge at Del Rio. And Abbott has been claiming that the Biden administration is doing nothing, nothing, uh, to solve the crisis at the border. And he, and he alone, is going to solve this. That may sound familiar because Trump, uh, earlier on, was uh, claiming that he alone could solve the nation's problems also. Uh, But in any case, what is actually happening uh, is that, um, uh, let's see what his name is. Uh, He is the Homeland uh, Security Secretary. 
uh, Alejandro, what is that last name? Um, Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorka. Um, he is in charge of dealing with uh, migration, and he has already moved 6,000 of those Haitians out of Del Rio, put them in buses, and they have turned up here in San Antonio, where anyone who who goes downtown near the Greyhound bus station will see them disembarking and uh, being taken to uh, the airport, where they're being uh, sent home. And so, as I say, 6,000 already were sent home yesterday, and the exodus continues. So Mallorcas has been very busy and very efficient in getting these people out of, uh, out of the way, <laughs> back home where they, uh, of course, that is also a calamity because the, uh, Haiti has been destroyed by a terrible earthquake and has, has not been reconstructed in the few weeks since that has happened. So these people are being taken back back there and dumped uh, to fend for themselves, which I think, I mean, that in itself is a hu- uh, humanity uh, crisis. Um, and uh, we, we're just up against it. What are we going to do with all these people? We can't let them uh, come in in hordes like that into the United States. The only thing it to do is to take them home. But it seems to me that we also should uh, make sure that they have some place to stay, um, something to eat, some place to bathe, and all the rest of it once they get there. Uh, anyhow, Abbott, meanwhile, uh, has gone to the border himself and has uh, ordered the Border Patrol to line up, line their cars up their patrol cars along the border. So they have a long, snaky line of patrol cars, uh, uh, rearview mirror to rearview mirror, uh, facing all of these these sedans are facing the Rio Grande. And uh, so they are forming a fence of cars. And so they are calling this a... A steel, a steel barrier, <laughs> a steel barrier of cars to keep uh, the migrants out. And so there, uh, Abbott bragged that once this was set up, the waiting across the Rio Grande ceased instantly. Well, yeah, but nobody's looking north or south of this of this steel barrier to see them crossing uh, a little bit downstream, probably, most of them downstream. And the other good thing is our our own um, sheriff, uh, Salazar, uh, he also went down there. Uh, and and he uh, he says that the whole place is a disaster area, and uh, that Mayorkas is doing a good job uh, getting people out of it, because those poor migrants were sitting there under the bridge in uh, in the dirt and filth, and the garbage that had piled up around them, 
and they are at least being uh, taken out of that and given food and uh, being bused to a, a, a nearby city, namely San Antonio, where I live. Um, but uh, Salazar points out that now that all the nation's attention and the governors and Ted Cruz and John Cornyn, uh, all of their attention is uh, riveted on Del Rio. Meanwhile, the, the drug lords uh, up and down the river are having a, a heyday because they can now just walk across with tons of, uh, of drugs and maybe hordes of people as well because nobody's paying any attention. And uh, so they're, uh, they're throwing the, uh, all of this, the drugs in particular, into U-Hauls and bringing it to San Antonio. And so Salazar says, and he's going to have to cope with all that. And he knows very well that that's exactly what's happening at as we speak. <laughs> and so that's the situation at the border right now. And, of course, uh, Mayorkas is saying that uh, Abbott is making a big spectacle of this and saying that Biden has done nothing, nothing to to solve the border problems. Only he can do this uh, in order to uh, uh, divert people's attention away from the fact uh, the, that he really blew the uh, the COVID-19 uh, effort to, to uh, stall COVID-19 in Texas by mandating uh, that masks not be worn by school kids who have gone back to school. Cons and consequently, many, many more kids have, go have uh, gotten sick with COVID uh, than would have done had they been able to wear masks. And uh, many of the uh, school districts have mandated masks in contravention to his order. But uh, uh, Abbott is, of course, against anything that seems to, including vaccinations, I think. Uh, I may be wrong there. But uh, anything that would mitigate um, the problem with COVID-19. So he doesn't want people to think about that. No, no. They must think of him as a savior and make people afraid of uh, those terrible black people coming into the country. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is uh, the you talk about a double um, uh, headed snake or whatever going on right now. The the border situation and build build a wall type mentality happening. And they're building a wall with cars. All right. So build right. a wall and uh, and and abortion at the same time. Um, it just it's amazing that the two of them uh, are, are very, you know, very much right wing issues and it's it's happening as we speak simultaneously it must be some yeah. scene at uh, at the border with all of those cars these are just citizens that are volunteering to put their car up to block no these are actually patrol officers oh no car oh. yeah the you know the black ones with the siren on top yeah uh, and the lights <laughs> they're, those they're all those uh, lined up there uh, it's very pretty to see, 
<laughs> They've done a, a, an aerial photograph of them, and I'm sure it's on TV as well, uh, live, show, uh, the uh, helicopter flying over and taking pictures of them. Uh, but I haven't seen the TV mer- version, but uh, anyway, there you go. There you are, a living uh, wall, as you say, as you said, uh, against the 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 uh, these horrible black people who are down wow. there. Dangerous, yeah. dangerous. Of course, <laughs> they're going to bring that voodoo into uh, from Haiti. Uh, in, there you go, Texas. right? And, wow, is this, <laughs> it, boy, I, what is going on? It is a uh, it is a showdown, and it's it's more than just a, uh, a, a a a technical showdown. This is a showdown in many different ways. This is a uh, this is what uh, I you know I I think President Trump before he was president, this is what he built his campaign on was build a wall, yeah. build a wall, and and it created this animosity towards right. uh, you know towards Mexicans. You know initially they were you know talking about. Uh, rapists and killers and bad guys and drug dealers and all of that, right? Aren't they labeled mm-hmm. right away? Yes. That was his very first speech. Yes. Yes. After he he came down the stairway, the elevator, uh, he right? the talked elevator. about building the wall. That was his first obsession, and for which purpose he uh, took money from uh, from the defense fund to repurpose it for. <laughs> Uh, for building a medieval wall, which could be tunneled under or climbed over and ignored uh, by people determined to get into the country, uh, especially if it if if it is not patrolled. And there are long. I mean, the Texas Mexico border is is thousands of miles long, or or maybe not at, uh, close to one thousand miles, and uh, there. There are lots of portions that aren't fenced and aren't suit, aren't patrolled, and people can just walk across, and they do. <laughs> so, so uh, the the wall idea is is something uh, uh, not terribly bright in the first place. If you want to patrol with something, you could do it electronically and have uh, uh, electrical barriers uh, to keep people. Uh, from crossing through, give them a hefty shock if they if they cross through, for instance. Electric fences, if you have to have a fence, you can string a wire and have an electric fence with a powerful enough shock that people wouldn't want to fool with it, and so forth. But uh, this, uh, this steel, uh, what is it, 15 feet tall or something? I don't know how tall, but it's very tall. Uh, steel posts that are uh, hammered into the earth uh, cl- at close intervals, uh, too close for a- anything but a mouse to to, to crawl through. Uh, those that's the wall, the uh, the Trump wall. But it's so expensive. That much steel is so expensive that uh, very little of it has actually been uh, completed. And a lot of it is replacing fence that already existed. What so is it there like? You have it. Not to cut you off, but what is it like to get into Mexico? I I know that from California. I was with my son and a and a classmate of his. Uh, they were out there on a robotics tournament, and we were in San Diego, and we uh, we drove to 
uh, Mexico by accident, right? It's real easy to get into Mexico. The problem was getting back in, and it took us about an yep. hour and a half just to, you know, just making uh, the U-turn, you know, just to get right around. And it was just this, uh, it, it was it, the border, you know, in Tijuana, and that's all, uh, uh, you know, that's all we could see. And it was like an hour and a half wait. Is it easy mm-hmm. to get across the border in Texas, from Texas to Mexico? Yes, it is easy. Uh, you you need, in order to do it officially, you need an entry permit, and that's it. Uh, so you go through uh, uh, Mexican uh, immigration and customs, uh, which is a quick inspection, and then in you are. Uh, no problem, <laughs> no wait usually. Uh, but coming back, hours, you can wait for hours. And even uh, 15 years ago, when I uh, last visited Mexico, it was like that. We sat, I was with a uh, Mexican uh, couple, and uh, uh, I was in the back seat of the car, and we just sat and sat waiting for our turn to to come to be inspected uh, with a fine-tooth comb <laughs> to see if we had any drugs and so on and so on. Yeah. And, of course, we didn't. And uh, when once they had finished their inspection, we were passed through, no problem. But that was then. I think it's much worse now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. My gosh. Uh, just, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it's a world in chaos. And, and Texas yep. is a, a, you know, is at the center of both of these issues, and it is a chaotic time in our history. And right. yeah, I I don't even, yeah, I I don't even know what the end game is, uh, and I mean that, you know, I don't mean that rhetorically. I I don't I I don't know where we're going to be three months from now, six months from now, one year from now. I mean, do you have any idea? No, I don't. I don't think it's going to get much better because apparently this wave of humanity trying to get into the United States is uh, is not going to stop until the uh, governments of the various uh, Latin American countries straighten themselves out and uh, control the mobs uh, and uh, the uh, the criminals who are... Uh, blackmailing, kidnapping, um, robbing, uh, God knows what, recruiting the young men to uh, to the gang, uh, and dealing in drugs and so forth, until that can get under control. Uh, these people who are threatened with their very lives if they don't join the gangs and so forth, um, or or give money. Uh, to them, uh, they're going to try to escape uh, because they're uh, they're afraid for their lives and for their children, and they don't want their children corrupted, uh, and so they leave and try to get into the United States. And uh, we can't house the entire population of Latin America. That's all there is to it. Not to mention Haiti. Uh, so uh, it is a terrible problem, which will probably continue for years. Amazing, absolutely amazing, what, uh, what's going on here? And uh, I, 
you know, I, I just, you know, I don't even know where to start. Start. You can't handle this all in one show, and especially those two issues. But if you don't mind, let's go back to the the issue of abortion. I mean, what uh, what is the next step in this uh, scenario? Is it lawsuits and and seeing how the lawsuit will uh, will play out? Yes, that's one thing. I mean, there are two two separate lawsuits, I suppose. I don't know whether they're going to pool the two of them. Uh, that would be economical if they did, um, or what. But uh, it's certainly they are contesting this law uh, through their litigation. Uh, but I think the attorney general is also uh, t- contesting the law on the grounds that it is unconstitutional. That. Uh, Enforcing a law by uh, by bounty hunting <laughs> is not in the Constitution and uh, and should never be in the Constitution. The citizens are not the proper law enforcement agents in a civilized country. This is like putting a bounty on the head of uh, of the Indians in, in frontier days. So bring us bring us the Indians' scalp, and we'll give you you know four hundred dollars or whatever. I mean, it's the same corrupt and evil system that we have reinstated here in the state of Texas. Amazing, just you know, again, I it, it's just an amazing uh, moment in history, and I I don't even you know I I, I can't even put it all into into words, but. On the same day, we're dealing with these two tremendous issues, and Greg Abbott is becoming a national figure. In a, I mean, I guess he's always been, but not like this. I mean, he's caused celebrity, right? right? I, I, basically, a, a, I don't know if you'd call him that, but he's uh, a, he is a he is a major national figure because of these two issues. And, I mean, can he ride this to the Republican nomination for the president of the United States in 2024? Yes, that's what he's – his ambition is indeed to to run for the presidency. And, uh, and of course, he is doing everything he can to please Donald Trump because he wants Trump's uh, endorsement. And uh, so far, Trump is very pleased with what he's doing. What what has Trump been saying about what's going on in in Texas? I don't know. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen any direct uh, quotes. I've seen plenty of references to him as sponsoring and uh, backing uh, the uh, the doings at the border, uh, but I have heard nothing or seen nothing that he uh, he has said about it. No, listen, very very good. Uh, listen, as uh, as far as reporting goes, an excellent uh, kind of uh, you know bird's eye view from Texas uh, it, itself. Even though you're not watching what's going on there, but you're you're hearing everything that's going on. Everything that we hear nationally that leaks out of Texas, or that not, doesn't leak out of Texas, but that that uh, that sieves out of Texas, that that comes flowing out of Texas. You're there. Yes. You're, you're right. Oh, on. yes. And, and by the way, yes, of course. And San Antonio seems to be a hub for uh, for the uh, uh, for these migrants because they're coming. All of them are coming through here. Uh, and so uh, these six thousand that have, uh, that were already 
uh, bussed out of here and flown out uh, yesterday. Uh, I got off the bus here in uh, in San Antonio and got on the plane here. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's uh, there is something else going on, and that is the Af- uh, Afghani refugees are all being housed. Not all, but a uh, thousands or two, uh, several thousand of them are being housed in at Fort Bliss, El Paso, Texas. <laughs> And so there's a uh, uh, Fort Bliss has swollen into a small city, uh, and they're living in tents in Fort Bliss as I speak. So there's another thing Texas is doing, but that at least is a decent and well-managed transition point for the Afghanis. Do you think that the the Mexican people are going towards? San Antonio and and I heard El Paso too. Do you do you think because of the the Hispanic name? Do you think that uh, that uh, helps attract them, or is it is it just some? Well, other? I mean, there there is a uh, an equally big city right across the river, which is Juarez, uh, and Juarez and El Paso are sister cities, obviously, yeah, joined by the International Bridge. And uh, uh, Mexicans know that Juarez is a good place to be in order to get across the border. Um, because there, there too, you can just walk across the river. And uh, <laughs> uh, you can, uh, as you drive on I-10, uh, you drive through El Paso, and there are stretches where you can see the river and the other side just as clearly i mean you could you feel as though you could throw a rock and and it would be across the river and hit part of it hit the shore on the other side uh and so it's it's one of the points it's attractive because there are tons of people in waters and so there is the cover of crowds uh, over there uh for you to slip into the river and get across. Um, so, and I have, I have not seen patrols, effective uh, patrols at that point, either. Uh, so I don't know uh, what's happening and why why the hysteria is not uh, centered on uh, Juarez and El Paso as it is in Del Rio, but it's not. It's because probably the Haitians are black people and. Uh, Mexicans, if they come across, are only brown. Wow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's disturbing, but maybe that's what it is. That's what's going maybe. on. Maybe. That's, that's an element anyway. Well, I, <laughs> before we let you go, can we uh, get a, another, another quick word on before the Alamo? And uh, Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I've just been uh, invited to go and uh, on the 4th of December. At a Christmas, uh, a Christmas celebration in Goliad, which is a city about hmm, 90 miles from here, uh, to sell the book, and I've had a big response on Facebook of people wanting wanting the book, wanting to know how to get it, and on and on. Uh, and by the way, if listeners want to know about the book, it's uh, 
it is the story of Texas before the Alamo. People don't talk about Texas before the Alamo, and this book uh, reveals what is what happened and why Texas, which was part of Mexico, ended up in a, a an Anglo right wing Anglo stronghold. Uh, at one point, uh, the Anglo's were throwing out all the uh, the Texan landowners, the native Hispanic uh, landowners, and throwing them out on the street. Uh, that was after the Alamo, however. Uh, but for the longest time, the history books for kids uh, began with the, the Alamo. There was nothing, nothing happened in Texas before the Alamo. And uh, my book is a corrective for that. Uh, and uh, it's a story of a young woman uh, growing up uh, in Texas before the Alamo and what happened, what happened to her as seen through her eyes. So there's plenty of adventure, excitement, and romance uh, in all of that, and uh, so that's the content of the book. Well, it's, it's a must-read, as is all of her work, uh, Frank McKay here with the subject of a documentary, the, the author of 15 books, think about it, 15 books, and uh, the subject of a, an extensive radio series, and now the host of her own radio-slash-podcast show, and, uh, and you've been listening to the Dr. Florence Weinberg show, and uh, just for short, Florence Weinberg show. Uh, Doc, any last words? I'm sorry. Any last words? Any any last oh, words? Before? Well, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that uh, the Democrats who are moving those people, those Haitians out of Del Rio, will be successful if they got six thousand out of the fifteen thousand out by yesterday. Uh, by tomorrow, they should all be gone, and that will take the rug out of out from under Abbott and his crew down there. We're making such a big deal about Biden not doing anything on the border. <laughs> so those are my last words. Mm. Uh, I think uh, the uh, the whole thing will dissolve because the Biden administration is taking care of it. Well, listen, I, uh, our thoughts and prayers are, are with the, the folks that are uh, that find themselves without a home and, and trying to right. uh, uh, you know make a better life for themselves. So uh, we we just hope for the safety of them, of course, the safety of everyone. But uh, right now, right now, you know, you think about those without, as as opposed to uh, to us with uh, with homes and and so forth. So refugees and and folks that are are leaving a worse situation. Um, you know, my my heart always goes out to them. Yes, and uh, it it makes it makes me so desperately sad that these people have walked on foot through thousands of miles over horrible uh, with horrible obstacles uh, to get here to the United States and they and to find themselves uh, taken straight back to where they began I mean how desperate must they be how disillusioned and disappointed and I don't know. I mean, I can't even uh, imagine how awful it is for someone to find themselves in that situation. Uh, putting out so much effort and time, 
blood, sweat, and tears, uh, indeed, to get here, only to find themselves right back at the beginning. Well, Dr. Weinberg, thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thank you for hosting this program. Well, uh, co-hosting is is more like it, and uh, and to all of you who are listening each and every week, we thank you. Buy the book, please, before the Alamo. Uh, our host and my co-host, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, uh, has been the voice that you've been hearing, and lots of happenings in Texas, and it's just uh, it, it's amazing. It's uh, it's happening right now. Two major events, two major stories, as we uh, as we continue, and and we'll be filling you in uh, from someone who's there and someone who's intelligent enough to to cut you through all of the rhetoric and tell you exactly what's going on. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>